pray. Gracious and holy God, we do give you thanks. You've given us this day and that you've given us each other. We give you thanks, too, for the gift of your presence. We pray now, gracious God, that as we come to this moment of preaching, opening in ourselves to you and to your good news for all people, that your spirit would move mightily within our midst, sharpening in our minds, opening in our hearts, that we might receive good news again into the depths of our being and might find here strength to go from this place and serve others, loving them as you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. One of my favorite songs for Ascension Day can't be found in any hymnal anywhere. In fact, I would be shocked I would just be dumbstruck if there was any church anywhere that sings this song today. My favorite, a song for Ascension Day, is a song called No Earthly Good by Johnny Cash. Come heed me, my brothers. Come here, one and all. Don't brag about standing or you'll surely fall. You're shining your light and shine it you should. But you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. No earthly good, no earthly good. So heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Move over and share that high ground where you stood. You're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Now, there is nothing explicit about that song's connection to Ascension Sunday. But I'm convinced that the the experience of religion and religiosity that Johnny Cash is getting at does speak to the very heart of this day. There's There's a crossroads that we encounter in the story of the Ascension. And if we take a step back, we see how clear that crossroads is for the Jesus, for his disciples that day. As I told the kids, this moment comes about 40 days after the resurrection, 40 days after Jesus was raised from the dead. That means about 43 days after they watched Jesus be crucified and die on a cross. In other words, it's been a pretty turbulent time, a pretty amazing time for those who were closest to Jesus. And all of that followed on the heels of the amazing things that they saw him do and the amazing teachings that he laid out for them in the years that they spent following him. This was the man they saw heal the sick. This was the man they saw turn water into wine. This was the man they saw feed a multitude with just a few pieces of bread and a little bit of fish. This was a man that they had seen do incredible things. And then they all walked away from him. They knew it. He knew it. When it all came to, to, to a head, when the, 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 the forces that be in this world, when the religious and the political establishment came crashing down on Jesus, those who were closest to him ran away. And then he came back to them. And he loved them. And he had grace for them. And he taught them and revealed to them sublime things, things they did not understand before. And that whole experience of following him and being with him and the miracles and the teachings and all that they'd seen him say and all that they'd seen him do, they all came to understand it in a new way. For 40 days, Jesus came and went among them, teaching them, enlightening them, being with them as he was at that place called Emmaus, in the breaking of the bread, after strangely warming their hearts. This was the story that all led to that moment 
of ascension when the disciples gathered with him again and he departed from them again. But this time it was different. This time there was a finality to his exit as if they're going to enter in to a new chapter in their relationship with him, a new chapter in their discipleship. And indeed, as we read the rest of the story, we too, this is a a new chapter for the church. Next week is Pentecost, when we celebrate that fulfillment of the promise that Jesus speaks about here. The Spirit comes on those same disciples, and they're empowered to do ministry in a new and profound way. But today I focus on that moment of his departure, Jesus leaving, Jesus ascending. They knew this was a profound moment. I think that's clear. It it has echoes of the transfiguration that we uh, celebrated a few months ago, right? This holy moment that, 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 that Peter and the rest of the disciples must have known. Something big is happening here. And you remember Peter's reaction on that day of transfiguration. Peter says, we got to build a shrine here. We, 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 we got to do something to mark this spot. There's that temptation to hold on to the holy moment. Let's just stay here, Jesus. Let's just mark this occasion. Uh, it's a special occasion. Let's mark it with something profound. That was one reaction to Jesus leaving them. Running in the other direction was the other. And here he was leaving them again. And they had to ask. What are we going to do this time? Do we mark this occasion? Now, Peter, is this the time to build a shrine because of the holy things that have happened in our midst? The amazing things we've seen, the amazing things we've heard from Jesus. Or the last time he left us, they might have thought we were scared to death and we locked ourselves in a room. Is that what we're going to do this time? Why, as they struggled with that, perhaps, as they each in their own minds, perhaps, Wrestled with which way they were going to, uh, which way they were going to go. Two angels, two figures in white, appear before the disciples and ask such a good question: Why are you looking up at the sky? What are you doing, hanging around here, looking up, as if to say, didn't he tell you what to do? Didn't he give you a job to do? Didn't he set? before you a promise and a mission for you to go and enact a way for you to be and a way for you to do life and surely when those angels spoke to the disciples they remembered what Jesus said go and be my witnesses bear witness to what you have seen and heard in how you live be witness, bear witness to what you have seen and heard in how you live. The profundity of this moment, the profundity of the ascension, is this vital connection between Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, who Jesus was, who Jesus is, and you and me, and the church's work, 
and our mission in his disciples to bear witness in our lives that these things not only are true, but the spirit is present even now to do good. Yes, to do earthly good, to speak of sublime things as well. And when we put all that together, we find in the story of the ascension, the very essence of what it is to be church. Oh, we don't want to be a people who do no earthly good for Jesus has set before us a calling to do profound good and how we care for others and how we bring down walls and how we care for what God has given to us and made us stewards of relationships and creation and, and, and those who have been pushed to the outside and those who have, they have been told that they're no good and not worth anything. The very people that Jesus went to and that he cared for, it's now our job as his, his disciples to go to them and love and to care and to speak peace where there's enmity and division and war. Come heed me, my brothers. Come here, one and all. Don't brag about standing or you'll surely fall. If we want to hold on to the gifts that God has given to us, if we want to hold on to the love and the grace and the sublime things that we've experienced in Jesus, the story of ascension tells us very clearly, if we want to hold on to those things, we've got to give them away. We've got to share them. We've got to take the gifts that we've received that are so precious to us, those experiences with Jesus, and we share them. Yes, in telling the story of God and God's love and this Jesus who came to walk among us, this Jesus who came to care for us and to care for the lost and the lonely and the beat down, but to share the things that we've been given to, the money, the courage, the material resources, all that we have, all that we are, to share it in the, in, in the purpose of blessing and caring and, and just caring about what's going on around us. You know, the, the story of ascension, you know, in one part we can think of it, um, it is Jesus' exit in a way, right? Jesus doesn't show up in the story the same way that he did after this moment. But Jesus is still present, guiding us, loving us, being with us, even here, even now. I'd add another dimension to Johnny Cash's story, uh, to Johnny Cash's song, though. Uh, It gets to that heart of of what it means to be a witness. Johnny calls us uh, and reminds us that we can't be so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good. And surely the opposite can be true as well. When we become so focused on the things of, uh, of the material world and so focused on material things and trying to make right the things of this world that we lose our connection to those deeper things of grace, those things that abide always, eternal things, heavenly things. That's what's so, beauty about, so beautiful about the calling to be witnesses. It holds it all together. We're called to bear witness to who God is, to what God has done in our lives, to what God has, the ways in which you and I have each experienced God's grace. If it was not for God's grace, who knows where I would be? We each have a story to tell. We each have a, 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 a biography, a tale, a chapter in the story of our relationship with God. We're called to bear witness to these things. You know, I was um, reminded today, there's a, a quote 
Uh, it's often attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, but uh, St. Francis probably never said it, uh, although it, it's not too far away, I think. He might have liked it, uh, I'm sure, but maybe you know it as well. Uh, Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words, is the, uh, 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 is the quote. And there's a great deal of truth there. Um, we speak about God. We speak about God's grace. But what's far more important, perhaps, is that we live it. That that grace is evident in the way we carry ourselves. Not only on Sunday morning when we're sitting in church, but how we conduct ourselves at work. And how we conduct ourselves in our homes. And how we conduct ourselves when we're working to make this world a better, more hospital, more just place. When we're working to, to, to lead one another and encourage one another to good works. When we're looking and, and working to make a difference in our community. Because we know God has made a difference in our lives. Preach the gospel at all times. And when necessary, use words. Bear witness to who Jesus is in your life. Follow the Spirit's lead into relationships that bless and strengthen and unite and love. Above all, love. Why do you look up to heaven? God is here in our midst, leading us, calling us, making what would be impossible without grace possible right here and right now. And the people who recognize that The people who see in the ascension, not a story of Jesus' exit to heaven, but the story of our commissioning to continue his ministry right here and right now. The people who recognize in the ascension these things will recognize this as good news for all people. And that's why we call this day good news for you and for me and for all. Thanks be to God for this good news today. Amen and amen.